Amen. Aren't you glad we serve an unstoppable God? Man, I just love, man, I just love that we get to do this. I don't know about you, but I look forward to this every single week to come out here. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, the first week it was kind of weird, right? Me standing up here preaching to a bunch of cars. It was like Cars the movie, okay? Seriously, that's what I was thinking. If only the cars could talk back, right? Uh, but, okay, I guess maybe they can. Cool, cool. Uh, but we want to welcome again all of you. It's just so honored that you are with us today. And um, I can't wait to really get into our message this morning. You know, <clears throat> a couple thoughts came through my mind. And, and simply that, with so much opposition and uh, so many uncertainties and so many um, anxious moments that we have within life and, and how fear can kind of dwindle in with inside of us, I love how God always finds a way to make sure that his message is still communicated. That nothing can extinguish the word of God. That, that no circumstance around us can silence God. That in all things, God's voice will always be heard and will always be superior to all other things. Thank you. I want to start off this morning and read a scripture to you from Proverbs chapter 29. And this is what the word of God tells us. Where there is no revelation, and let me help you understand that right here. Where there's no revela revelation, meaning um, where people can't see or that there is a lack of clarity, people cast off restraint. In other words, where, there, where people can't see and there's a lack of clarity, people will stumble over things. They will um, simply stumble over themselves. But the message goes on to say, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Or rather, blessed is the one who adheres and sees God's revelation, especially through and within his scriptures. What I want to do here for the next few moments is I want to talk to you about a topic that I believe that is one thing that leads us into a relationship with God. And it's very simple. It's very easy to comprehend, and it is this, to know God, to know him. And what I want to do is place a special emphasis on the word know. So what we're going to look at here in the next few moments may actually shock you, but I believe it is what we need to hear in order to understand how we are to know God. When Jesus talked about having this relationship with God or becoming a Christ follower, he used a word and that word simply was to know. The apostle Paul also used the same word when it talked about his relationship with God as he wrote his letters to the churches. Now, when Jesus used the word no, what I want us to understand and for us to really grasp what I'm gonna to try to communicate to you this morning is that in the Greek, the word is gnosko. And what that truly means is to have an intimacy or to have a closeness. So what Jesus is really referring to for us is that we would have a closeness 
with God, to have an intimate relationship when it comes to God. You see, Jesus came around and, and he totally changed the way it was communicated about serving God by letting people know that God longs and desires for a close relationship with each and every one of you. In fact, Jesus went as far as to say that this is the condition and the only condition that we can have for eternal life. Not allowing ourselves to be confused with eternal existence because let's face it, once you were born, you will have an eternal existence. But what Jesus offers us by knowing God and giving himself up for us is to have a living eternal existence. When something has life, it has vibrance. When something has life, it is productive. When something has life, there is a great state about it. Matthew chapter seven, starting at verse 21, this is what the Bible reads. Not everyone who says to me, excuse me, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I want to stop right there for a minute. That should cause all of us to think for a moment where we are within our relationship with Christ. Jesus himself clearly depicts and, and points out a very good point. He says, not everybody who acknowledges me or not everybody who calls on me will actually enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Well, what is his will? His will says this, but many, not a few, but many will say to me on that day, which is the day of judgment, Lord, did we not prophesy and in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Can, can I stop there for a second? Not only, Lord, did, did we, we attended church. We, Lord, we, we, we sang the songs. We, we read your word. Are you following me here? He goes on to say within the scriptures, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me you evildoers. God, <clears throat> and I want you to understand this, God isn't looking for any type of religion expression. God is looking for true relationship with you. He wants and he longs and he desires that relationship with you. As a pastor, it is my job, my responsibility, to get you ready for what possibly could be called as a final exam or what is the scripture says, the great white throne judgment. You and I are going to stand before God one day. You might say, well, you know what? I don't believe in God. Well, regardless of what your belief is and of God, all of humanity will stand in front of God one day and we will have to answer. And listen, no religious answer is going to be the right one. No religious answer will be correct. 
Not that you've read the scriptures or you have attended church on, on, on an Easter Sunday or that you, you, you taught a class or, or allowed yourself to be a part of an environment like we have right now. The correct answer would be, you know what, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. Listen, I don't have it all together. Every day I must go before the Lord and say, God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me the things that I knowingly have done. And Lord, forgive me for the things that I don't even realize that I was a part of. But the right answer is, Lord, you know what? I, I, I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes. I've messed up. But what I do have, Lord, is I have a love for you. I have a desire to grow in you. I have a desire to be, become close to you or to have an intimacy with you. Matthew chapter 15, starting at verse one, one through three and then verses six through nine says this. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders. In other words, what they're saying is, why, why are they doing it wrong? There will be people who are telling you within life that you're doing things wrong. So he's coming before them and saying, why are they doing what the traditions are wrong? And what is it that they were doing so wrong? This is kind of comical to me. All right, watch what it says. If you're reading one, it says, they don't wash their hands before they eat. Now that's a big deal right now, isn't it? Think about that. We're all about washing our hands, right? But he says they do not wash their hands before they eat. Now, what you need to understand is this was a big deal for them. Um, because before they could go into the temple to worship, they actually had to go at the entranceway. There would be a, a, a basin with water and they would have to wash their hands before they entered in. Now, when they went in to wash their hands, they, don't, they didn't do it just like we do, you know, like this and then, you know, and then grab a towel. No, what they had to do is they had to wash their hands with their hands up. And as they washed it, the water would run down their arm and drip off the edge of their elbows. And not only that, then they would have somebody standing there watching and making sure that they were doing this correctly. You know, I was, I was uh, reading this, the other day. And, and uh, I, I kind of laughed about it because, you know, I have two, two little guys and uh, I have two sons, Car well, three actually, but two that are still at home. And I have Carter, who's nine, and, and Caden, who is six. And uh, back in January, we had taken a family vacation and we were in one of the airports. And uh, so my, my little guy, Caden, he had to go to the bathroom. And as a parent, you know, obviously he's six years old, public bathroom, I'm following him in there. And, and so the bathroom's got, you know, a lot of people in there and, and you know, he goes, the, the first place he could go, he runs into to, to one of the urinals and he's, he's there using the bathroom. And, and so I'm behind him, I'm standing there. Uh, one, as protection for my son, but also, you know, I, I wanna make sure that, you know, we have no problems here, right? And so he's using the bathroom and then, you know, it's like I realized where I was and how awkward this must have looked in front of everyone else standing in that room. You know what I mean? Weird moment. This one guy turns around and looks at me 
And he's like, just this look on his face, like, what in the world are you doing? And then he looked and he saw my son. And he's like, I get it. And he just walked away. You know, I, I think about that moment for a minute there within the scripture where it's talking about that they were standing there and they were criticizing what the disciples were doing. And then they were trying to bring fault. They were trying to, to bring distraction. And, and the scripture goes on and it says that Jesus replies in this manner. Why do you break the command of God? In other words, we know what the greatest command of God is. What is that? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and what? Strength. In other words, he's saying you're so, uh, so involved, you are so focused on everything that you think is wrong that you're losing sight on what is the most important thing. And that is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And he says, why are you doing this? For the sake of tradition. You nullify the word of God for the sake of tradition. He calls out, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts or the, the gnosko, the, the intimacy, the closeness, right? It's far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus speaks in regards to a miracle. He's communicating in the form of a miracle. And the reason why he does this, and I love it, is because Jesus is allowing his word to be considered as life application. He says in Matthew chapter 25, this, this scripture, at the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. What Jesus was doing here, he was baiting these people into a discussion. He caught their attention by the verbiage of what he was saying. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. In other words, they took their lamps, but they didn't take the source that would allow the lamp to be lit. So they took their, their lamps and they didn't have any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in their jars along with their lamps. Now, there's a difference here in the, ver in the wording that Jesus used. The first set, they took an empty vessel. The second set of, 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 of these virgins took, and, and Jesus clearly emphasizes that what was needed inside of it, and then the vessel that was to go around it. So the wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. What we need to know here is that Jesus is actually talking about himself and that his bride being the church. And it says, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. What is that communicating to us? That means it was taking a long, a long time. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. In other words, there will be a crying out one day with Jesus' return. Then all the virgins woke up and they trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, the scripture says, they replied. There may not be enough for both of, you, of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. In other words, watch this. Keep going to church. Keep reading the scriptures. Keep, keep singing the songs. Keep doing the practice of it. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom had arrived. 
The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the scripture says, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. To know. We see that word again. What does that mean? A closeness, an intimacy. It means a relationship. Christianity is not an institution. It is not an organization, but we are people who are in love with a very living, holy God. When you are not in love, you will have a sense of powerlessness. Meaning if you don't know him, you won't know his power. You may have a knowledge of him. You might have a concept of him. But if you don't know him, if you don't have that closeness, if you don't have that intimacy, you're going to lack in the power that he offers you. Do you know this, that the same power that allowed Jesus Christ to rise from that tomb is the same power that allows you as Christ followers and indwells inside of each and every one of us? Do you understand that you have that same power with inside of you, that if you have Christ living in you, you have the same power that is with inside of him? If you don't know him, you won't know his power. You may have a knowledge, but you don't know him. When you are, in love, when you are not in love, you will have a frustration with trying to do good. In other words, you're trying to obey the Bible, but you're thinking, this book is hard. Let me help you out. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me do a visual here. This book is hard. This book can be very difficult. I've had a lot of people come to me and say, Pastor, I, I'm doing the best I can serve him, but you know, it's just too hard for me. Let me help you out. You're right. It's absolutely too difficult if you don't love him. Everything changes when you love him. Your whole mindset changes. The, 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 the very power that Jesus promised and that, that gave to those that were in the upper room and is still offered to all of us today is through the power of the Holy Spirit. What does that give us? That gives us an empowerment. An empowerment to have a boldness to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. An empowerment to have an understanding that when we open up the word of God, that these words are not just words, but they're the very living and the breath of God himself. First John tells us that when we are in love, his commands are no longer burdensome. Let me repeat that to you. In first John, it says that when we are in love, his commands, his word is no longer burdensome to us. When we are not in love, you will also have this, envying others who seem to be closer. For some, you have been, for some you have been close to God, but maybe for within your life you have gone through seasons and maybe you're going through those even right now where you feel as if that, that fire has been extinguished, that it's burned out, that possibly you have lost or losing your first love. Paul writes in Philippians chapter three, he, go, he says this, I want to know, in other words, I want a closeness. I want to know Christ. I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. 
He's saying, I want to know him. I want the closeness. I want the intimacy with Jesus Christ. I want that power, the same power, that mighty power that raised him from the dead. Listen, that is what this Easter is all about. God is not just wanting us to celebrate the resurrection. He's wanting us to experience a resurrection even within our own personal lives. So how do we do this? How do we get closer to God? Well, loving. Love him because he first loved us. Too many people think that God is waiting for you to behave yourself before you can accept him or before he will accept you. Listen, you don't have to get your act together to get to God. No, you get to God so that you can get your act together. Pastor, you know, I, I, need to, I need to make some changes before I can come to church. I need to make some changes before I can make a, that, that, that decision, that relationship with God. Let me help you out. When you make the relationship with God, when you step out to get to know him, to have intimacy with him, then God begins to change you. Everything else is just an outward expression that you're trying to do on your own. And, and anything that we try to do on our own, it always, it might, it, it might work for a season. But if we're not allowing it to change with inside of us, that season will eventually die off. Only God can change us from the inside out. Only God can bring that change with inwardly so that then our actions follow. God is thinking about you right now. He's never stopped thinking about you. He's desiring for a relationship with you. Before you would even choose him, he already chose you. He paid a price of sin that you have committed. Yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for each one of us. 1 John chapter 4 and 19 says we love, why? Because he first loved us. Secondly, we are to pursue him, pursuing him with all of my heart. Do you know anything of value that you have, you have shopped for? The car that you're in, the home that you're in, the computer that you're watching this on, right? The clothes that you're wearing, everything that you own and everything that you consider a value, you have shopped for. What have you done? You have pursued it. If you're married, the spouse that you are with, there is a season of pursuing that individual. And the same thing goes with God. Do you understand this? Let me help you out. God says, if you will seek me, you will find me. If you will come after me, if you will draw near to me, I'm with you. I'm with you always. The Bible tells us that he will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. He loves you with a love that is unconditional. And in fact, we read in Jeremiah chapter 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. God loves to be pursued. God loves to be chased. We see it all throughout scripture. So what would it look like if you decided that I'm going to be no longer on the fringes any longer? In other words, I'm going all in. What does that look like for your life? It brings to you a life that this world will never be able to equal. An understanding that is unexplainable. It brings to you a peace that is unattainable. It's, it's a love that has no equal. 
an eternity that will always be for eternal. In all of this can only be found in Jesus Christ. And how do we do that? Give him your life. Lord, I give you me. Crossing the line of faith and giving Jesus your life. Jesus said it this way. In Luke chapter 9, verse 24, he says, If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But, and here is everything. This is all of it. It encapsulates it all right here. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. That's the Easter message. That's what we're celebrating today. For the power of God to come with inside of us and to resurrect you for eternity, to give you an eternal life. Let me help you out. Some of you are absolutely exhausted. Many of you, you don't even realize that you're exhausted, that you are going through life and quite honestly, you're, you're, you're trying to do everything within your own power and you're looking kind of foolish. God is saying, look, I have already done everything for you. I have given you the greatest gift that you could ever receive. I have given you a love that is unconditional. It can never be measured. And all of it is through the acceptance of my son, Jesus Christ. We have all gone through moments and seasons within life where we've made some pretty dumb mistakes. We've all gone through those seasons and those times where we've tried to do this whole thing on our own. And some of us have actually even been rebellious at different points in our lives. And you know, I knew a guy that it was like in one season of his life, everything was going great. He was close to God, family, friends, everything was going strong. And then something happened within his life that everything it was like just flipped upside down within a moment. And during that season, he began to drift away. He began to allow himself to look at other resources and to, to look at other things, to fill in the voids and the gaps within his own life. Let me help you out here. The only thing, the only person that should ever fill a gap within your life is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can truly bring the peace that you need. He's the only one that can give you the unconditional love and the compassion and the understanding that you need in order to get through the trials and the tribulations of life. Because let's face it, sometimes they're not fun. <laughs> sometimes we're going through things that, that, that we, we're looking for answers from everyone else. And God is saying the answer is right in front of you. I have given you the answer and that answer is my son, Jesus Christ. I've poured everything I have out for you. You know, I, I love saying this scripture toward the end of every message. And it's, I, I think it encapsulates the, the gospel so accurately. And that is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, I, I don't know everybody who's here today everybody who's watching online. I, I don't know what's going on in your life, but you do. 
you and Christ, you and God, he knows what's going on. And, and I can't help but to think that, that he is giving us such a great love letter right here for all of us. Something that we can turn into and maybe you feel like you're not loved, read it and you'll find out how loved you truly are. Maybe you're not understood, read it and you will see people who understand exactly what you've gone through. We know that Jesus Christ died the ultimate death, that he was the ultimate sacrifice for us to give us the forgiveness of our sins, to give us an eternal life because he is the hope of today. With everything else going around and everything else going on in this world, Jesus is the only constant that never changes and that never fails. His love is endures. His name is victory. He will rise above and always have risen above all things, all issues, all problems. Jesus loves you. Maybe today you don't know who this Jesus Christ is. Maybe you feel compelled. Maybe you feel that tug at your heart and you want to know him more. You want to know him in that intimate manner and that closeness that we read in the scriptures. You're tired of, of doing this thing called life all on your own and, and you wanna do it only by Jesus' leading. Today's the day of salvation for you. So I want you right where you're at just to close your eyes, to bow your heads, to meditate for a moment. James tells us that we allow the word of God to, to, to act as a mirror into our soul. I would encourage you for this moment to do a, a self inventory. Where are you with Jesus Christ? How are things going? What season of life are you in? Have you made a commitment to him? He longs for that with you. God wants to be chased. The Bible tells us to seeking. What does seeking mean? Lord, here I am. Here I am, I'm a sinner. I am broken. I am stained. But Lord, I know that you can cleanse me, that you can wash my sins away, that you can make me as, as, as white as snow, right? My prayer today is that you would accept that challenge in allowing Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. Allowing Jesus Christ to be your constant. So if you would, and that is you. In fact, I, I wanna encourage all of us to do this to simply pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, today, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Be my master. Lead me in all of my ways. Guide me in everything that I do. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me and make me whole. And from this day forward, help me to live my life for you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. 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 Listen, I want this, this is gonna be an unforgettable Easter. There's no doubt in my mind, this is one that will be in the record books in your life. And maybe you are a Christ follower. You've already made this decision to follow Christ, but you, you, you feel as if there's a void. You feel a lack. You feel like a, a season of drought spiritually. I want you to be encouraged that Jesus has never left you. That the shepherd 
is always tending to his flock. Even when he, you, you, you may not be able to see him, know that he is there. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He is your encouragement. So I want to pray this ending prayer with you this morning. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time of celebration today that we are lifting up the name of Jesus Christ, your son. We're celebrating that we are no longer dead, but we are alive through Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are victorious and you are our victory. And as we move from this place today, and, 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 and not only here at this campus, but also online, that we will know that we are serving a God who is real and who is alive, that you are watching over us, that you are leading our paths, you are guiding us, you are protecting us. You are our Father, you are our constant. Holy Spirit, continue to empower us, God, and fulfilling your will, your great plan, your great purpose for each and every one of us. So Father, as we leave this place, and the psalmist said, let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. We love you guys. We love you. Follow the direction of the parking attendants. Have a great Sunday. No praise will rise to Christ our King.